we will be heading towards the polls uh, in October of this year provincial with a provincial election. And as you know, everybody is following uh, every poll that comes out these days because it's quite interesting in regards to uh, what is happening in British Columbia. Uh, many have talked about a tectonic shift potentially in BC politics. Well, a new poll from Research Co. shows that the governing BC New Democratic Party keeps a double-digit lead over its closest uh, competitors here in BC. Uh, in an online survey uh, sample, 46% of decided voters said they would support the BC NDP candidate in their riding for provincial election were held today. That's down two points um, since September of 2023. But certainly, when you hear 46%, that is a very comfortable uh, majority government. Now, the Conservative Party of BC is in second place with 25% support. That's up six uh, uh, percentage points since September. And BC United, which is the official opposition, uh, is sitting at 17% support. Uh, that's three uh, percentage points down from the last poll in September. And the Green Party is at 11%. Joining me now to talk a little bit about these results and what we're seeing in BC politics before we head to the polls uh, in, in October is uh, Mario Conseco, president of the Research Co-Polling Company. Mario, thank you for joining us. My pleasure, Jess. Great to be here with you. So what, uh, in regards to top-line uh, analysis, what are we seeing here? Is this the ongoing tectonic shift in BC politics that we've all been talking about? What makes it particularly compelling for the BC Conservatives is that they're really getting a lot of people who supported the BC Liberals in 2020. One thing that we look into is the retention rate. You head into a new election, are you holding on to the people who supported your party in the last one? That number is at 83% for the NDP. So the notion that David Eby was going to lose some supporters uh, because he wasn't John Horgan isn't really playing out. What is playing out is that only 41% of those who voted for the BC Liberals in 2020 under Andrew Wilkinson are saying that they would vote for BC United. So you're losing half of your voter support from 2020. Uh, a lot of it is going conservative. Some of, the, some of it is going to the NDP. Uh, but it's very different to defend territory when half of your uh, your your a, a base is essentially saying, uh, I'm looking at other options that are not BC United. Uh, any sense of why that base is looking elsewhere? I think there's a couple of factors at play. Uh, the numbers were actually better for Kevin Falcon as leader uh, before the, the change of the brand. Uh, he was at one point at 44% when it came to his own approval rating. Uh, now he's down to 31%. So it's definitely not working well in that sense. There's a difficulty trying to connect. And there's also an important aspect of this, which is the center-right voter who is dissatisfied with the NDP, who won't vote for the NDP is now looking at the BC Conservatives as an option. If you're 18 to 34 or 35 to 54, you're more likely to say, if you're not voting for the NDP, that you're voting Conservative. But the over 55 is more likely to be saying they will vote BC United. So there's a little bit of a ray of hope there because we know that the over 55s tend to vote more. Uh, but it's definitely nowhere near the numbers that I think they envisioned when they uh, unveiled the, the the new brand. How much of this has to do with the BC Conservatives doing well because Pierre Polyev uh, federally is doing well, and there may be some uh, you know confusion uh, in regards to brand uh, because people may be angry and thinking, okay, I like the federal guy, I guess I'll vote. Uh, provincially or, or, or confused, number one, and then add to that, moving from a, a, a name like BC Liberal Party, whether you liked them or not, that was a known entity in this province, then going to BC United. How much of those supporters, uh, the, the BC United sort of numbers, are based on people, A, being confused in your mind, and B, 
you know, may have said they were going to support uh, this opposition party if the original name was still there? Um, I think there's a combination of both. You know, one thing that we were really curious about was the level of undecided voters, because when we checked in September, it was at 18 percent, which is significantly higher than what you usually see. Now it's down to 13 percent. So I think part of it is the actual confusion of the brands federally and in B.C. uh, dying down a little bit. Um, The other thing that is quite remarkable is we've never had an opportunity to measure the level of support for the conservatives because they don't run in every single riding. So when you're getting close to the election, particularly in the cases of 2017 and 2020, you can't really ask people if they're voting conservative if there's no candidate in their riding. Now, I think what we're seeing is people who know that there's a conservative candidate in their riding. They've been announcing a lot of people recently. And it shows in some of the regional breakdowns in areas where the BC Liberals used to dominate, you know, Southern British Columbia, 10-point lead for the NDP. But the, the, the one party that is in second place is, is the Conservatives. You know, this is an area where uh, the BC Liberals used to do remarkably well, and now they're a very distant third place. Hmm. Uh, many have said, that, I mean, even in your poll, I think a third of British Columbians, 32%, would like to see BC United and the Conservative Party of BC merge. Um, what's to say if they did merge that Mr. Rustad could actually bring his supporters over to BC United? I, I know he's a bit of a Pied Piper in the sense that he says he <laughs> has this support, uh, but a lot of that is over brand confusion. I mean, there's no guarantee that him joining BC United or a merger, that somehow uh, those voters would automatically go or move towards this new free enterprise party. That is absolutely true. I don't think we can look at the numbers and just go 17 plus 25 equals 42 and there's a competitive election right there. You know, Mm -hmm. there's people who won't vote for either of the options for a wide range of reasons. You know, there may be things that are stopping the BC United voter from looking at the Conservatives as an option. And the same is true Uh, when it comes to things being the other way around. Mm -hmm. Um, The part of the complexity here when we're talking about a merger is it's not something that is attractive to the BC Conservative voter. Fewer than half of them are saying, yes, let's unite. The BC United voter is more likely to look at the map and say, unless we do something before October, we're going to be decimated. So Mm -hmm. it's quite a delicate balance. It it would be significant if if this is something that can be explored properly, but it it seems to be too late now. Now you have candidates who are rivals in specific writings. Are you going to flip a coin if you decide to merge before October? It's going to be very complicated. The math in BC politics was that liberal voters and conservative voters got together. They did not like each other, but if they get together, you know, two-thirds of the time, they will beat an NDP government. Every time that coalition falls apart, like today, the NDP wins. Um, But when you look at the NDP of today, it is not the NDP of the 1990s. One would argue they are now a coalition of NDP voters and federal liberal voters. Um, with this Conservative Party and the BC United Party that's presently there, are there enough Conservative-leaning voters to actually lead whatever opposition there is uh, to a majority government? Or do they actually have to start attracting some of those federal liberals who have moved over to the NDP to actually form a majority government? It's a very good point. I think what we saw particularly during the pandemic was the emergence of what I like to call the Horgan Trudeau voter. This is somebody who is deeply concerned about the pandemic, is happy with the way the BC government is managing it, maybe never voted for the NDP in the past or was sort of on the fence in 2017, looked at Horgan and said, "Okay, we're sticking with this party because they've been managing things well. And there was a lot of overlap if you look at the way BC voted in that election to the way we voted in 2021. Now, it's a complicated issue now because the federal liberals are not as popular as they used to be. 
But part of the complexity here has to do with the way in which certain things are operated. You know, I, I look at the federal numbers and the level of animosity towards Justin Trudeau in BC is significant for issues such as housing, healthcare, and also the economy. And you look at the same group that is telling you how they're going to vote provincially, and they say, this isn't David Eby's fault. It's more of a federal issue. So we've become very selective in who we blame for some of the things that we're facing. We see David Eby with a, with a rating that is higher than 50% and his rivals in the 30s. And we see something completely different federally where Pierre Poliev is significantly more, more popular than Justin Trudeau. So it seems to be a case of you know picking somebody you like and being happy with them and picking somebody you dislike and blaming them for all, for all that ails you. I recall the 2001 election. The BC Liberals uh, came roaring into power and the opposition was down to two seats. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to be down to two seats, but this looks like an NDP supermajority in regards to where we're headed. The, the one thing that makes that quite possible if the numbers hold from now till October is uh, the way in which the splits are going to help out. I think what we saw in 2001 was a significant decimation of the NDP and a lot of people who decided not to show up and vote because they knew this was going to be a massacre. But this time around, you could have some writings in Southern British Columbia where the NDP candidate gets to 37% and the rest of the vote is going to be split between other parties. So that is the essence of the argument for the NDP right now. They're happy with this because they could be getting seats in places that they never dreamt of before we had a BC Conservative Party that was competitive. Well, whatever it is, the free enterprise movement's uh, looking towards oblivion in my mind, if, if these numbers hold, as you say, and there's going to be a few of them, a very small group of them, probably with offices next to the boiler room in the basement of the legislature, the way things are going, that's for sure. Mario, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure, Jess, anytime.